Have you ever had a student in your classroom be able to read extremely well and then turn around and not understand or remember a single thing from the text that they just read? right? I guarantee you all of your heads are nodding right now because you've had at least one student, if not far too many students, who end up in this exact situation. They can read just fine. However, their comprehension is lacking extremely. Teacher friends, this is exactly what we're going to be talking about today in episode number one of the Literacy Lounge. Teaching skills like reading comprehension doesn't have to be overwhelming. With the right tools and strategies in place, you can find success for you and your students. Step into the Literacy Lounge, the podcast that will give you the what, why, and how to elevate your literacy instruction and get the results you've always wanted. Here's your host and veteran elementary school teacher, Sierra Harris. I cannot believe my dream is coming true. The podcast is finally here. This has been a work in the making for so long, and I'm just so excited to be able to actually talk with you and let you hear some amazing information and research and actionable strategies. So much is coming in the episodes in the Literacy Lounge coming soon. So I hope that this is a podcast that you enjoy spending time listening to and really being able to turn the information around and use it right away in your classroom to be able to make a difference in your instruction, in your student achievement. So I just want to say thank you for being here and for trusting me on this journey. And of course, I am going to do the shameless plug and ask that to help get this podcast off on the right foot. If you could do me a huge favor and leave a review for the podcast, wherever you're listening, whether it be Apple or Google or Amazon, if you could leave a review, share the podcast, you know, rate the podcast, all of the above would be fantastic just to kind of help us get off our feet and let other educators out there know that, hey, we're a thing. The Literacy Lounge is here. And we want to make a splash in the educator podcast world. So if you could do me a solid and really just help share the good news, I would greatly appreciate it. Anyways, back to what we were talking about. So episode one today is all about comprehension versus consumption. So believe it or not, there's actually a difference in those two words. And that's really what's happening when we have students in our classroom who are able to read, 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 read like the wind, but they can't turn around and produce any sort of comprehension evidence to showcase that they actually understood what they read. So I'm actually going to start us off today by walking through a little scenario. I want you to think about yourself as a reader, and I'm going to pretend like I'm handing you a book, all right? This is a book of medical terminology, and I want you to open the book to any page, and I want you to read five to 10 medical terms to yourself, all right? Can you put yourself into this situation? You probably have no experience in the medical field. You have no background knowledge to connect to any of these terms. 
You have no prior experience or knowledge or anything to really make any of this information relevant, okay? So if I were to ask you to do this, to read five or 10 medical terms and then close the book, and then I turn around and I ask you what the terms were, would you be able to repeat them back to me? Maybe not all of them, but you might be able to actually repeat some of them back to me, right? If I said five to 10, maybe you'd be able to get, I don't know, anywhere from six to eight terms back on a good day, right? But what is this really testing us? This is actually just testing our memory. This is not testing whether or not we understand what you just read. But if I were to ask you to explain in your own words or to connect those terms to other terms or information that you know um, or any of the other more critical thinking type or application type comprehension questions, you're not going to be able to do it. And that is because you didn't comprehend, you just consumed the information. So there's actually a difference between reading consumption and reading comprehension. And it's what our students experience every single day when they read. And a lot of times when we have those students who are struggling to comprehend, it's because instead of comprehending the text that they read, they actually just consumed the text, which is why it sounds all really nice and amazing. They're fluent, you know, their their rate and accuracy is, is just perfect. But in reality, they're just consuming the words rather than comprehending the words. So let's just take a quick second to go over what this difference is. So reading consumption is when a student is able to remember and I'm going to use a yucky word, regurgitate. I hate that word, but it's perfect in this situation. But they're able to remember and regurgitate specific facts and details from a text. It's just memory. There is no depth to understanding in that situation. Like you did with the medical terms, you simply just repeated them back to me from memory. However, On the opposite end, reading comprehension is when a student is able to recall details of a text and make meaning of them. So there's not very much difference in those two definitions. In fact, only four words separate them from being two different things. The latter part of the definition is what's most important. It's the making meaning. So Let's break that down. What do we mean by making meaning? So in order to truly comprehend, students need to be able to apply the information from the text to their own lives. Making meaning comes from understanding and understanding comes from experience. And so this is why, and if you're into all of the current research with science of reading, this is why background knowledge and schema is so important For students to be able to comprehend, there has to be something there. There has to be a starting point for them to connect to in order for true comprehension to take place. So I love being able to put teachers right into the student's shoes, kind of like I did with the medical terms. So let's go through a quick little example here. I think this will really help bring this whole consumption versus comprehension to life. Okay. So after reading a text, 
let's pretend that you are asking a student a question. So blah, 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 blah. They just got done reading. And now you turn to them and you're asking them the question. And the question is, why were Stacy's actions so significant? All right. So you could pretend the text said whatever it said. This is the question that you ask. And I'm going to give you student A's response and student B's response. So student A's response said, and again, the question was, why were Stacy's actions so significant? Student one said, because she was able to find the missing dog. All right. That's a great answer. Student B then says, Because since she found the dog, she was able to reintroduce it with her owner who was physically disabled. And without the dog, she wasn't able to get around. She was lost. So clearly you can see some background information about the pretend text that we're using here. There was a lost dog. Stacy is the owner. She is disabled. She, this is a a working dog who provides a service for Stacy. And so without the dog, like there's a lot at stake here, right? So student one's answer, was correct. It absolutely was correct. Her actions were significant because she was able to find the missing dog, right? But student B was able to take that piece of information and make some very deep inferences and connections because I'm assuming student B has some background information about service dogs. So they were able to say, yeah, she found the missing dog, but this was really a significant event because it changed the owner's life. She was able to get the owner reunited back with this dog who was physically, or the owner was physically disabled, and they reunited because without this dog, she wouldn't be able to get around, right? Not only does she have the the owner have this amazing relationship with the dog, but she relies on the dog to be able to get around. So overall, student one gave a correct answer. But student two was not only able to give the correct answer, but also explain reasoning behind it. She was able to infer that the character was lost without her dog in more of a figurative sense. But reader B, without schema about physical disabilities and people's relationships with their service dogs, she would not have been able to make that inference. So there is a perfect example of how student A consumed information. Right. Yes, the the text told us that the dog was missing. The text told us that Stacy found the dog. Like it's all just regurgitated information. So student one gave us a correct answer, but is that really what we're looking for? Student two showed true comprehension. Student two was able to take the information, make a connection with it based on her background knowledge and schema. She was able to then make inferences and draw conclusions. That is where we are finding the struggle in the difference between our students not being able to truly comprehend. Okay, so here's the question that I hope is on all of your minds right now. How do we know when a student is consuming versus when they're comprehending? So yeah, I have a great reader and they're reading like the wind, but how do I know when they're doing one versus the other, consuming versus comprehending? Well, it really comes down to this. We have to be able to ask the right questions and we have to expect more from their answers. Basic questions such as who the characters are, what happened next, how did they solve the problem? Things like that are just, they're not going to cut it. I'll be, I'll be frank with you. There, that, those questions are a waste of our time. The questions need to help lead the students to a deeper understanding. 
So if we're finding that our students aren't being able to think critically, it could technically be a reflection of the questions we're asking. Are we asking the right kind of questions? Those questions need to be open-ended in order for students to interpret the text how they understand it. Closed questions where there's only one or two right answers or they're really just, again, here comes the yucky word, regurgitating the information, they just don't cut it. So to help students be able to comprehend versus consume, we have to make sure we're asking the right questions. I know a lot of teachers are listening and they want to make sure that they have actionable strategies to take away. And that's exactly what the Literacy Lounge is here to do. I want to make sure that every episode you are walking away with things that you can implement in your classroom today, tomorrow, next week, that will absolutely help your students be able to achieve exactly what they are meant to achieve. So the question that I hope you're all thinking right now is, what can I do to help promote more comprehension versus consumption in the classroom? So I've got some things that I want to throw your way. Now, we're not going to go into detail about all of these right now, because this episode is really more just to get you thinking about the difference between consumption versus comprehension. In upcoming episodes in season one of the Literacy Lounge, you'll find a lot more information about literacy foundations, which is really what we're going to be focusing on in this first season. So make sure to stay tuned for future episodes to get a lot more detailed and in-depth information about some of this, some of these answers we're going to be throwing your way here. But what can you do right now to promote comprehension? So the first thing I'm going to throw out there is to make sure to model your expectations of your answers. So if your expectations are that students are giving a lot of valuable insight and information and critical thinking, then make sure you're modeling that experience for your students. Model it in your thinking, model it in your own answers, and then Don't just allow student A, student B, student C to give the bare minimum. If they're giving the bare minimum, don't accept it. Push for more, okay? Push for more details when the minimum is given. Use this ample time to showcase how to walk through that critical thinking that you're wanting your students to do. If student A gives a minimal answer, then use this time to work with the text find more information, connect to schema, whatever is needed in that moment to really give more. And then let your students know that this is what I expect when I ask questions. These are the type of answers that I want to hear. Another thing you can do is make sure to plan your questions in advance so you know how to steer the conversation. Strong open-ended questions are not made in a moment's notice. If you aren't taking the time when planning out your comprehension lessons to think through what really in-depth critical thinking questions you want and need to ask, they probably aren't going to come at you in that moment's notice when you're in the middle of teaching. You need to think through these in advance so you know what kind of thinking your students are going to need to do when they read the text. You know how to steer the conversation. You know possibly what supports are going to be in place because you're asking this type of question. So you know what type of prerequisites are going to be needed. All of those, you know, really deep thinking things are need to happen before the lesson even starts. So my advice, again, is to plan out your questions in advance. Another thing to think about is to make sure you're giving ample thinking time. 
The amount of thinking time you give should be reflective of the types of questions you're asking. So if you're asking super closed questions that are more regurgitative in nature, then you don't need to give them a lot of thinking time because there really shouldn't be any need for that. But if you're asking the right kinds of questions that are really supporting the overall comprehension, then yeah, you need to give your students time to think. Actually, let them talk promote conversation, do the turn and talks, get them into snowball groups or fishbowl groups. And if you're not sure what those are, make sure to check out my blog. You can use the search feature to type in fishbowl or snowball conversations. Both are things that I talk about over on the website. But these are strategies to help students talk with one another. Give them time to think, give them time to talk. That's really when you're going to get into the depth and the nitty gritty of the text and the conversation. Another thing to think about is to really be open to more than one right answer. I know so many times early on in my career where I would be set on an answer, but then a student would come out of the blue and have something and it would just completely throw off my lesson. But in reality, what they said was correct. So really think through the questions, but also think through the answers that potentially you could get from your students. And the last thing that I want to say of things that you can do to help really promote comprehension and we're going to be talking a lot, a lot about this in upcoming episodes, is to focus more on teaching strategies versus skills. Reading strategies are what bring a student's brain to life when they are reading. Think about things like making connections, asking questions, determining importance, things like synthesizing, visualization. Those are brain metacognitive type strategies that we want our students to be doing when reading. If we find that our students aren't thinking while they're reading, then they're not using these strategies. So focus on strategies versus skills like main idea or making predictions or summarizing. Those are skills that really are not brain focused or metacognitive type skills. We want to use metacognitive thinking strategies to help make sure our students' brains are actually turned on. So that was a lot, right? I threw a lot at you for our very first episode, but I hope that you can see that the Literacy Lounge podcast is really going to be here to give you some really strong research-based information paired with some actionable strategies that you can take straight to your classroom. So consumption versus comprehension is a great first topic for our very first episode. And I hope that you have a lot to ponder, but don't go anywhere because the next few episodes are all going to be follow-up episodes that lead us down the road of Literacy Foundations. So season one in the Literacy Lounge is all about Literacy Foundations, focusing on things like routines and understanding what does literacy actually look like in an elementary classroom. So teacher friends, I hope you enjoyed our first episode today. I hope you have a clear grasp of what consumption versus comprehension means. I probably created more questions than I answered today. And that's a good thing because that means your wheels are spinning, that you're really reflecting on your own practice. You're reflecting on your students' abilities. And in the next few episodes in season one, we're going to really tackle a lot of these questions that are coming to your mind right now. So I would, again, like I mentioned before, 
appreciate your time in giving this brand new podcast a shout out, a review, or a rating. Uh, I highly, highly encourage you to do that to help just spread the word. And I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you over in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Literacy Lounge with Sierra Harris. You can find any of the resources mentioned in the show notes at sierraharristeaching.com slash podcast. If you're looking for more support with close reading, download the free close reading guidebook at www.buildingcomprehension.com slash close dash reading dash guidebook. Until next time, happy reading.